everybody. Welcome to the OETA Movie Club podcast. My name is Jeff Mareva. I'm the director of the show, and I am here with our host, Robert Birch. How are you doing, Jeff? I am doing good. How are you doing today? Pretty good. Everybody out there is doing good, I hope. Hopefully so. So um, we're happy to be with you guys again this week. Um, This is our podcast where we come to you and talk about our upcoming movies on the OETA Movie Club, which airs on OETA every Saturday night at 9 and Friday nights at 11. We've got some good ones this year. And uh, so, yeah, so I had some really great movies this year and uh, got a lot more to come this year. A Uh lot of of great movies on our list. This week... The Thomas Crown Affair. Ooh, it's good. It's a good one. The original Thomas uh-huh. Crown Affair. The Steve McQueen. And Faye, Faye Dunaway. Dunaway. Oh. Um, the good yeah. one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the other one's actually pretty good, too. But. Pierce Brosnan and who uh, else? Renee Russo. Yeah. 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 And uh, Faye Dunaway and makes Faye Dunaway. a yeah. you know, she does. small she, part yeah, in Yeah, she does. Um, yeah, I mean... The remake's not bad. Yeah. Uh, it's just the, the original is just but a lot he's better. No he's no Steve McQueen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, um, so go ahead and set us up for this movie. Um, so uh, it's based kind of on uh, the fantasy of a uh, uh, the writer was actually a bank teller at yeah. one time that wrote the script on this, and uh, you know he didn't have a lot to do sometimes, so he would he would fantasize about how he would rob the bank. Not exactly what you want your teller to do at your bank, <laughs> right. right? But um, um, so he plays, you know, he's a, he's a teller. He he works at the bank and he fantasizes about, you know, how he would rob the bank. Yeah. And um, this is his take on that. You know, the script was um, so sought after. You know, Steve McQueen uh, remarked, this is one of the best, his favorite films yeah, that saw he that. made. Yeah. And uh, Faye, Faye Dunaway, Dunaway said the same thing. Yeah. yeah. She said it was one of her favorites. Um, they do a lot of spending in this, a lot yes. of, uh, very expensive, uh, tastes yes. in this film, you know, uh, yep. in the film, it says they take about $2 million. You couldn't buy all the things that they play with in this room right. for $2 million today. Probably, yeah, in in the 60s dollars, you could do that. Uh, one of the things that I think is really funny about that that money, they, they give a specific amount on that money. Uh-huh. It's $2,660,527 uh-huh. and... 62 cents. <laughs> now, the 62 cents is never explained anywhere right. in the movie, and there's no coins anywhere shown right. in the bag. In the but, bag. But for some reason, 2600 blah, 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 <laughs> and 62 cents. Uh, that's uh, interest, I'm that's sure. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would not be interest no. on $2 million. No. You know. no. So, um, now let's talk about Steve McQueen for a little bit, because he he, he's known for doing... All, uh, a lot of his own stunts, most right. of his own stunts. Oh, yeah. And, um, he, Famous for that. Yeah. And so, of course, this one, he didn't have to jump over a cliff and on a motorcycle. Right. But um, he well, did. Well, he didn't do that one. Well, I know. I his, know. On, yeah. But that's he did I most of those it. stunts. Yeah. But he didn't do the big one. That's right. I forgot. <laughs> um, but he did do all his own polo playing in this. Um, he, he learned to play polo. Yeah. He, he drove. Didn't know how. A dune buggy at high speeds along the uh, Massachusetts coastline. Uh-huh. Um, all kinds of just crazy stuff. Um, and the other thing, the cool thing about the polo game, uh, which I think is cool because by today's standards, you don't think much about this. But when you hear, oh, he had a chest-mounted camera. Yeah. And that's how they shot a lot of the polo scene. Uh-huh. 
Well, by today's standards, you don't think anything of it because no. a, a chess camera today is about the size of a quarter. Right. Well, a, a GoPro. Oh, a so, Go- yeah, yeah right. exactly. Or even less, probably uh-huh. the size of a dime. It doesn't weigh much. Right. But back then, right. I can't imagine this camera a that they had. camera yeah. taped to his, uh, to his chest. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine the camera that they had to mount and how hard that was. Or the horse. You know, the horse is going to carry the rider and the heavy yeah. camera, too. The horse is like, are you kidding me right now? God. Uh, but, yeah, uh, there's no way that you – well, he was certainly not playing polo while he's got the, the uh, camera to his chest. Right. But, right. Uh, yeah, just riding and staying on top of the animal, that's uh, yeah. uh, that's a feat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Especially with a 50-pound camera on there. And if you haven't played polo – um, that's a very difficult sport, and uh, you know Steve McQueen was really into sports. He yeah, was a yeah. very you know a man's man. He's out there. He's right. you know learning. He's, he's on a motorcycle. He's riding a horse. You know, uh, but uh, he yeah he learned to play this, and he wears the number two, which is like uh, one of the like the offensive players, one of the oh, main yeah. offensive players, and uh, so he not only learned, he got really good at this. Yeah. I learned more about polo than I ever knew because I, I know nothing yeah. about polo. Um, oh, well. This movie, you, you know. you, uh, I mean, of course, I play every weekend. Well, what, what they I, pay what us here? You couldn't get your own <laughs> polo pony? And- uh, you know, I mean, I don't want to embarrass everybody. <laughs> um, so um, another fact that I saw about this um, was the one-minute kissing sequence. Oh, yes. So between Steve and, and Faye Dunaway. All right. And took it took eight hours to film. Uh, uh, and I'm like uh, reading that. I'm reading that going, sure it did. <laughs> I'm sure. Of course did. it did. Steve McQueen's over there going, no, I yeah. can, maybe one more take. Maybe <laughs> I'll get it this next take, you know. Well, so the director, Norman Jewison, he had um, Faye Dunaway in mind yes. for this script. That was his first hire. He wanted her. You know, there's stories that Raquel Welch, that yeah. uh, Diane Cannon, some of the others. Uh, were con- considered for that. Not true. They right. were not considered for this part. Only Faye Dunaway. And Faye Dunaway's only uh, idea was to get Steve McQueen right. the job. So it seems a little suspect that she <laughs> would spend eight hours <laughs> shooting a kissing scene. Right. And then later, you know, years later says this is one of her favorite uh, <laughs> films to right. shoot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the... Uh, the uh, the, Norman Jewison actually said that he planned on her from the beginning and that he based that on the footage he saw of Bonnie and Clyde right. from, from 67. Bonnie, Bonnie and Clyde hadn't come out yet. Yeah. Uh, he had seen early he saw, like, like, screening like footage. dailies. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, and, uh, you know, I guess you could do that. You could just, you know, pop into the, the screening room and watch as it's being put together. Right. And uh, he liked what he saw in Faye Dunaway so much. He said, that's who I need for my next film. Yeah, yeah. How great! Uh, what a, you know, that's that's a Hollywood story. It's always a you know a story like that. Yeah. You know, uh, the girl outside Schwab's drugstore <laughs> being discovered. You know, right. Um, so one of the things that this film also did it was it was the, one of the very first, if not the very first film, to use kind of a split screen montage. Um, oh and, yeah, you know, uh, for the open and, and everything. And that's so, great too. Yeah, uh, he had um, he had seen that. Uh, done by this by this editor uh, for the film The Russians Are Coming. The Russians Are Coming. And he liked, you know, he liked that. Um, and really, it was, it was all just basically to save time. Yeah. 
um, you know, to get several elements in there going and kind of explain the story and set it up. And, you know, editing it that way with the split screen and the different um, shots coming in and layering over one another graphically uh, tells the story, sets it up, uh, and saves time. Yeah. And therefore saves money too. Right. Yeah. And it uh, it was it became so popular that like you know the Bob Newhart show, the Mary Tyler Moore show, they picked up on that in television. It's in countless films in the in the late sixties and early seventies. Yeah. 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 It's it's pretty cool to watch it. It's kind of uh-huh. it's cool. It's very dated now. Sure. You know, but it, it's just nostalgic and really cool. Yeah. It's so dated that you know in my head when I see that I I kind of hear that uh, I don't know. From the, the soundtrack of Butch Cassidy in the center, you know, right? That's funny. Um, Faye Dunaway had brought is the is the reason that Steve McQueen had the job. Uh-huh. She brought the idea to them of, of hiring him, but they actually considered Sean Connery before she brought that to the table. That would have been a different film. That would have been different. It? He was busy with doing uh, You Only Live Twice, right? Um, and he was too tired. And he was too tired. And he's like, I'm, I'm, too I'm James tired Bond. To do I can't this. do this. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. He's Scottish, you he's, know. He's yeah. going to have a rest, right? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, but I thought that was an interesting. That would have been a different. Yeah, because. I don't know. I, I guess. I guess. I just think Sean Connery. He's a, he's Bond, so you, right. would, you should think he's rough and gruff and everything, just like Steve McQueen. But uh-huh. I don't know. He's just not to me for some reason. I don't know. Why. Oh, I think he'd have, he'd have been good. He'd oh, of course been he would have been great. Yeah. And I mean, Faye Dunaway would have loved that eight-hour shoot. Yeah, exactly. All the same, right? <laughs> but it would have been a very different film. I, and I'm a big Steve McQueen fan. I'm also a big Sean Connery fan. Oh yeah, me too. But I, yeah, I think this is probably the better choice. Yeah. Um, so talk a little bit, if you can, about the, the spider that they drive in. This. Oh, yeah. Um, cause, well, he, cause know, he wanted one for himself. Right. Um, cause they, he loved it so much because, and, and how could you not? I mean, oh, just watching gosh. it, I want one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, of course, and Steve McQueen, he had a huge, uh, motorcycle and car collection, you know, towards, you know, over his career. Um, he hadn't done Bullet yet. You know, he, right. uh, that was about six months away from you know the, the filming of this. But uh, yeah, the the spider uh, was specially painted for the film, and uh, he liked it so much. He said, you know, I want to get one of these. Also, you know, there's the um, the uh, silver shadow the yeah. uh, rolls royce the rolls royce yeah uh, in this i mean there's a ferrari for oh, yeah. uh faye dunaway you know they're they're not yeah. doing anything on the cheap oh on no this film. yeah no if you yeah if you're a car lover this like there's definitely some eye candy in this well and this so like he's wearing the uh tag Hauer watch um yeah. talk uh, about the, that watch the i mean personal glasses yeah the sunglasses that became so so popular after this film that uh, it generated that the Italian manufacturers had to uh, issue a 714 model uh, tortoise shell called the Steve McQueen collection. <laughs> and okay. he's wearing a, uh, you know, Rolex is not good enough for this film. He's wearing the Swiss Petit Philippe, yep. which in this, you know, it, the, it gives a price here of like $2,200 for the, for the watch, which is... Uh, the low end today, um, they they can sell it for up to two and a half million 
dollars wow. for a watch. For a watch. Uh, you know. Wow. You're looking at people with Rolex going, oh, oh, oh yeah. Must be the bus boy or something. Wow. Yeah. I can't imagine. I'd take one. Just just one. Oh, well, just of course. One. Just need one of them. I'm pretty sure that $2 million, though, um, instead of being my new watch, it would be my new house. Oh, yeah. That would be my house, my boat, my RV, my my whatever expensive girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> my traveling expense for the rest of my retirement right um you know that yeah exactly I, uh, yeah i would not be wearing it on my wrist right and then what happened like if it, it's a minute slow like do you just get really mad like you're like this is a two million dollar watch it's a minute slow it Take doesn't it back ha- to the manufacturer you buy it for the time you know for its functionality you buy it for what it looks like <laughs> rolex is not a good watch it does not keep good time oh, really no I didn't know that. But I'm sure the Petit Philippe, they're handmade, uh, individually, custom-made, right? You know, right? Platinum and gold and diamonds, you know, and, and uh, Just I'm sure it's... it's uh, Jewel-encrusted uh, watch. Work of art, <laughs> right? Oh, I'm sure they're gorgeous. <laughs> I'd still sell it. Sure. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the, um, the Academy Award-winning song from this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, which almost... Wasn't in the movie. Right. They wanted to, uh, in fact, you know, uh, early on and just, you know, for edit purposes, they had put in the Beatles' uh, Strawberry Fields Forever, which... Which, great, one of the greatest songs ever written. Right. But not and fitting f- with this movie. One of your favorites. Yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Yeah, but but not fitting with this movie. Yeah. Right, I mean, right. This- and uh, so they uh, they had this, uh, had this uh, song commissioned, uh, which became a huge hit. Yeah. Huge hit, went in the charts, and uh, won the Academy Award that year for the best song, yeah. being The Windmills of Your Mind, yeah. which is a, you know, a beautiful—I remember—I'm old enough to remember this being on the, on the radio, and it was on—it was everywhere that you went yeah. at the time. Yeah, that year you would you, everywhere you would go there, and then for years after that, even the Muzak version, the uh, the elevator music uh, would uh, pick that up. Yeah, wow. We'd be shopping at like John A. Brown's, and, and <laughs> you know, windmills of your mind is playing. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I remember, I remember growing up and, and hearing it, and uh, you know, not not necessarily one of my favorite songs. Oh, sure, but, sure. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't sing it really, or uh, you know, hum that tune. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sure very you do. often. You know, you, when you when you're in your car, you know, you crank it and you sing out loud. <laughs> I haven't uh, really. I. I haven't heard this. I haven't heard it in a long uh, time. You know, before I saw the film, yeah. uh, I hadn't heard this in decades. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard it in a long time. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Um, I know that, or uh, not, I'm sorry, what was his name? Norman Jewison. Yeah. Um, I know he originally wanted Henry Mancini to score the film, um, but he was and unavailable. And so... Henry Mancini recommended Michael Legrand, uh-huh. and so that's how he got the part. Well, Mancini was really hot right then. Oh, you yeah. know, because of uh, Pink Panther. Yeah, uh, you know that's all his his uh, tune right there. But um, yeah, there was uh, yeah the working titles on this included Thomas Crown, Esquire, The Crown Caper, Thomas Crown and Company. I don't know. It doesn't you know. The Thomas Crown affair, affair, you know, hits all the right notes there, you know, That's right. because the relationship with Faye Dunaway, and of course, you know, the uh, the robbery is is an affair, and I, the FBI actually, 
you know, the producers went to the FBI and said, hey, we got this film, you know, would you consider cooperating with this? You know, they looked at the script and they said, no, this makes us look incompetent. So, yeah, we're not going to participate in this. Wow. We, we can't stop you from making it, but uh, we're not going to be a part of it. So Robert, Roger Ebert uh, right. wrote, wrote a review about this movie, and it was not necessarily that great. He said that this is possibly the most underplotted, <laughs> underwritten, over-photographed over, over film of the year. Over-photographed? Over-photographed. What does that mean? I, it's, it means there's pretty shots for the sake of pretty shots. Well, and yeah. there are, but... Come on, it's pretty shots. It's they're yeah. they're awesome, right? I mean, like I said, the cars. I mean, it's a fantasy, you know. You know? Yeah, we, we probably didn't need all those shots of those fancy cars, <laughs> but they're awesome. Why not have them? He's jealous. He's <laughs> jealous. He doesn't look like Steve McQueen. He can't get Faye Dunaway, and he doesn't have the two thousand dollar watch. That's right. That I would still sell, even if it's only worth two thousand and not two million. Um, but uh, but yeah. Um, well, I think um, that about brings us to the end of our time. Unless there's anything Aww, else I missed, it goes so fast. It does go so fast. Um, <laughs> we want to say, please send in those celebrity photos. Oh please. Uh, we like to show those each week on the air. Yeah. And uh, please send a story with those as well, so we kind of know the background. A funny story is nice, or any kind of story. You know, uh, hey, we were at the airport and we ran into John Denver, and we got this picture. You know. Um, and, you know, to know when it happened and where it happened, that's always helpful. Sorry, too. I just, John Denver at an airport. That's like, <laughs> like instantly my mind's like thinking, oh my God. I met John Denver at, an, at the Will Rod, at Will Rogers Did you really? Airport. Yeah, uh, I was a kid. Um, he was in town uh, for a concert and they, his, his, uh, his son, they had just adopted a, a boy and, uh, you know, John Denver's family lives, in, uh, part of his family lives in Lawton. Oh, I didn't know that. The Dutchendorfs. Yeah, I didn't and know that. And Abe Dutchendorf, he was a state representative, and I covered the Capitol, yeah. you know, for many years. I know the name, yeah. And, uh, you know, they around their house, you know, I'd go over there to interview his uncle for, like, uh, some bill that he was running at the state Capitol. And, you know, there's the regular family photographs on the, on the wall or, you know, on the mantle. And, uh, you know, there's mom, dad, some of the kids, a lot of grandkids' pictures. And then uh, here we are, you know, a family photo, John Denver. <laughs> what? John, you know, it's like, you know, this very, very famous celebrity Yeah, uh, just happened to stop by and, and take a picture at of the, the family. Airport, but there was yeah. a lot of pictures with him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you met and him at the so airport. And he was so nice. Um, we just, uh, we talked for a little bit. You know, he made time. He was, he didn't have anybody with him either. Right. He was on his own. Just waiting to leave on a jet plane. I this, yeah. <laughs> You got me there. <laughs> he was he was waiting to, uh, waiting for his uh, son to come off. This was back when you could walk right up to the gate. Yeah, you know, yeah. before the security and right. all. Right. And uh, he was wearing. I'll never forget. He was wearing that um, uh, like a denim shirt, and it's got like a, a sunburst uh, with uh, uh, like nuggets of turquoise <laughs> and coral sewn into the. Nice. You know, it's really embroidered. It was. I don't know. It was. I mean, you know, you go to pick up your grandparents at the airport, and you meet John Denver. Yeah, so that's awesome. Yeah, where's our celebrity photo, man? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we didn't take a picture because we didn't anticipate. That. I don't believe it. Then <laughs> it never happened. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We will be back again next week with another thrilling episode. And so stay uh, tuned. Until then, stay tuned, and uh, please tune in every Saturday night at nine. All right. We'll see you then. 
make sure to like and subscribe to the podcast. You can preview all upcoming OETA Movie Club films at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And please send your celebrity photos to P.O. Box 14190, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma 73113, or you can email them to us at oeta.tv forward slash movie club. And of course, tune in every Saturday night at 9 and on Fridays at 11. We'll see you on the couch every weekend for a great movie and fresh popcorn. <laughs>